0: galaxy of film presents let's fucking go
1: hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the lfg podcast this is your man brandon messina here back again and for this episode we're going to be talking about the apple tv original tetris starring Taryn egerton and i am joined by two other guests my first guest is one of our core members of galaxy of film we got tyler on this episode how's it going tyler hey
0: it's pretty good what's happening man
1: everything's good here uh, any music or anything new with you
0: yeah, um, Dakari and I have actually been working on a track that you guys will soon hear in an LFG. I'm pretty proud of it. I play guitar. He works his way around it. And it's a sick beat, dude.
1: Nice. I, I'm really excited to hear that. I've always wanted to hear like a collaboration between you two. So I'm really excited for uh, what you guys put out. And I am also joined here by uh, the one and only David from the Piecing It Together podcast. How's it going, David?
2: i'm doing great i'm happy to be here and talk about this movie that i loved and uh, i'm also working on a whole bunch of music right now
1: that's cool that's cool uh any anything new with you as far as the podcast anything you want to talk about
2: Well, uh, a constant stream of episodes over on Piecing It Together. Yeah, I mean, covering all kinds of things. And I also have a live episode coming up uh, from a movie theater here in Las Vegas. Uh, It's going to be June 15th on the film The Blackening, which looks totally ridiculous and a lot of fun. So that should be a really fun one.
1: Nice. Uh, So, so like I said, we're going to be talking about the Tetris movie that is uh, an Apple TV exclusive. Basically, since the whole movie is about the very popular Tetris game that came out in the 80s and 90s, very popular. Um, I just want to get our thoughts just on video games in general. Uh, Starting with you, David, since you grew up during this era where Nintendo and Tetris became like this popular thing. um, Kind of just share me your experiences with around that whole uh, generation of game
2: yeah absolutely and i'm obviously older than you too so i was like there for a lot of that and i was there for the game boy being launched and tetris being launched and like a lot of the stuff in this movie and like back then when i was a kid i was uh i think nine or ten at the time that this was happening i was reading nintendo power and game pro and electronic gaming monthly and so like i i knew all of these names of these people from like nintendo and these other companies but like I didn't know the full stories and whatnot, and so it was really cool to see all these stories like kind of play out in this movie.
1: And yeah, I mean, I'm a lifelong Nintendo fan, so there's so much to love here as a Nintendo guy. Of course, of course. I mean, we. I mean, I'm sure like since like the '80s, everyone has grown up with some sort of uh, Nintendo in their household. Speaking of which, Tyler, like, what have your uh, experiences been like with? Uh, video games, Tetris, or even Nintendo? Like, anything you want to share about that?
0: Yeah, so I'm 24, so I kind of think I was a little late to the when Tetris was at its biggest, but I yes. did have a Game Boy in 2003, so seeing all of that in the movie was pretty fun. With Tetris, I had played it before, but I had never gotten sucked in. I know it's always, like, a meme how consuming it is. I always thought it was just a joke I hear a lot in pop culture about how consuming it is and I never truly got it until after seeing this movie I was like I get it yeah um uh like with me I mean I've
1: definitely played Tetris I feel like everyone has played uh some sort of Tetris version in their lives but I mean yeah like like you said Tyler I never really grew up of it uh as much as David has but I mean, currently I do own a um a GameCube. I just got it out of one of those um retro like gaming stores that sells like a bunch of uh old consoles, so I got that. I had my uh family had the old uh NES console, so I played that um a little bit in my life and then of course the Nintendo Wii, which was, you know, a very big thing. So Nintendo has been a part of me uh, for most of my life. And Going into this, um Terranegertan, I feel like just is one of those actors that just grabs me ever since I've seen him in Rocky Man. He's just been one of those kind of like uh Andrew Garfield, where like he just everything he's in, he just really gives it his all and he he really makes me believe um what he's doing. It just you know, it's real, it's natural. Um so that's like my main thing that got me into this movie um as far as like me wanting to watch it david anything that really grabbed you like any trailers that you've seen that you know maybe made you want to watch this movie I was,
2: I mean, obviously because I'm such a big Tetris fan, and uh, I, I've been playing it my whole life. Like, I was really curious as to like what a Tetris movie would even be, you know? Right. And when it was first when when it was first announced, I actually like I tweeted out that uh, I will beat anybody at this movie because I beat people at Tetris the game all the time, you know? And the director actually liked it and retweeted it, which was really funny. And so, <laughs> that was before the trailer came out. But yeah, so I. Yeah, I was just all in right away. But yeah, Taron Edgerton is great, and uh, you know I love him in the Kingsman movies and uh, yeah, Rocket yeah. Man, like you said. Yeah, so his involvement definitely like really piqued my interest once I heard he was going to be involved.
1: Yeah, I was also curious of like how interesting this movie could be about a a game about cubes, pretty much. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I never really knew the story behind like, get the whole rights thing and Nintendo trying to get licensing rights and all that stuff. So I was very curious going into this movie about how they can make it as interesting as it can. But, you know, let's just get right into it. Uh, we are going to go into what the movie's about first. Uh, so if everyone's ready, raring to go... Uh, I'm going to just read a hopefully quick synopsis. Uh, I'd just like to thank Wikipedia for <laughs> applying me this synopsis. Um, so the movie takes place in 1988, and this guy named Hank Rogers, played by Taron Egerton, is um, the head of a video game developing company, uh believe it's called Bulletproof Software, and he's trying to promote his game at this uh, big electronic convention in las vegas um where he runs into the uh, tetris game and um i believe one of their uh one of the representatives of the mirasoft company was there promoting this game and so in that arrangement rogers ends up getting the rights to tetris for uh, the computer console and arcade rates so Rogers ends up trying to go to the bank to try to get a loan, uh, just so he has the money to obtain worldwide license from the uh, Russian Soviet government company named Elorg. And so he also tries to, uh, he also runs into this big billionaire, Robert Maxwell, who I just want to state for the record he looks like uh, the Tom Hanks prosthetics from Elvis. I don't know if anybody's seen Elvis. Uh, I just thought that was funny. I just couldn't get that out of my head because I was watching it. Um, But Robert runs the Marisock company and his son, uh, Kevin, is the CEO. And so throughout the movie, there's this big cat-mouse game where everybody's trying to get rights to their thing and they end up meeting up with Robert Stein, who um, holds all of the licensing rights. So he's able to distribute it to different uh, companies to gain a profit. Um, At one point, Rogers goes to Nintendo, the headquarters in Tokyo, uh, and he um, ends up uh, trying to gain a partnership with them to sell cartridges and arcade machines and um throughout all this too he has um a family that he lives with in tokyo and his daughter's trying to prepare for this big performance recital uh, that she's doing but he's so focused on getting the rights that he gets distracted by it and he pays very little attention to what his family's doing because he's so focused on this and so um what ends up happening is rogers and eventually Kevin Maxwell go to the Soviet Union to try to convince the Russian government to hand over the rights to them individually. And so that's pretty much the whole movie that each one is trying to one-up the other in negotiations. All while, you know, the, the guy who actually made the game, Alexei Pajitnov, who was a computer developer for the Soviet government. He gets into some deep shit with the KGB, who um, tries threatening his family. Basically just uh, threatened his whole life, pretty much. Even at one point, threatens throwing one of his kids. At one point, it was so fucked up. But yeah, so Alexei's life is going through a mess right now. And Rod is trying to help him out. With Throughout this, trying to get him money, or at least trying to get him a little bit of money to support his family in this. And then I think at one point um, towards the end of the movie, you know, this is going nowhere. Nintendo tries to go to Mirasol to gain the rights. This This is a weird mess because at one point someone had the rights, but they didn't have the rights because the contract was all fucked up. Uh, because the Soviet Union didn't understand, you know, video games and how big they were. So they had to rewrite the contract and uh, the KGB wanted to hand over the rights to Mirasov just to uh, keep the Soviet government in power. You know, this uh, again, this was at a time when the Soviet Union was also crumbling down, like in its late years, I think. The Soviet Union doesn't last another couple of years after the whole transition thing. So this was at the, the peak end of it. And so there's people in the Soviet government that don't care anymore. And they're trying to do what's best for their country because people um want the freedom. People want, you know, more rights to their lives. So in the end, um, we fi- come to find out the Maxwell's are bankrupt or on the verge of bankruptcy, so they don't even have the money to fork over the rights or uh, to them. So Nintendo and Rogers uh, get the rights, and then there's this lovely chase scene with them and the KGB, them trying to get to the airport just so they can, you know, get the fuck out of there. Uh, and then at the very end, uh, he invites Alexei and his family to America to live with Rogers and his family. And also, Rogers ends up going to uh, or seeing a little performance from his daughter, Maya, who earlier on he missed. Um, But comes to find out, you know, in the little epilogue, uh, Maya uh, currently is the CEO of the Tetris company. And since the formation of Tetris, it has sold over half a billion copies, which is just crazy to think about and that was just pretty much the whole movie.
2: Did did you think when you first heard there was going to be a Tetris movie that that would be the plot? Like no, all of that not shit. at all. <laughs>
1: um I don't know how much of it is true, but just just that whole story was just wild and crazy. Uh just with the KGB being involved with this whole thing was just it's just crazy to think about just how life threatening this was I guess a the game. best way to put it
2: <laughs> yeah um, it's just it's a crazy story, and I like I said, like earlier, I remembered like little bits and pieces or like brush strokes of the story, like I knew that this was like locked behind the soviet union the the development of the game, and the the rights were all questionable, and there was all these different companies involved and lies and like shady business dealings and all that stuff but just how crazy it all was like, you know, and of course, you know, who knows how many liberties were taken with it. But mm-hmm. from everything I've read, though, like it's not that far off from what we see in the movie.
1: Yeah, it's crazy um, because at one point a Tory claimed that they had the rights uh, mm-hmm. to Tetris, even though they I don't think they did. And then I think they were trying to sell rights to Sega for, I believe, arcade rights.
2: Well, if, if you want a little bit of uh, old guy uh, information here, um, back in the day, in the Nintendo days, I had a Tenjin Tetris game for the Nintendo Entertainment System, which Tengen is the company owned by Atari, and that was like an unlicensed version of Tetris for the Nintendo that Atari technically put out. So uh, they, they did, even if they didn't have the real rights to it, they were putting out Tetris.
1: Oh, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, because I know just this whole thing... I just want to know how, like... I guess just because of the addic- addiction factor, but, like, I don't know. It's, it's just blocks to me. Like, so, I, I don't know. I guess... I just didn't know the extent, of guess, how addicted this game could be. It's just because, like, it's a it's a puzzle game, pretty much. So Right, that's what I was going to say. Do either of you guys... Play other like more
2: modern puzzle games i mean like after this we got things like bejeweled and i was gonna say Mac like three games
1: i've, I've you know? played candy crush before so sure. like that's not far off from um, tetris uh, yeah to that extent um yeah it's
0: very similar and all the copycat games that came with it. it the inspiration is definitely out there in all the other games for it's sure tetris dna and all those other puzzles yeah
1: yeah no yeah i agree i mean yeah, I was a little bit addicted to Candy Crush, like, years ago, but, like, that's probably, like, my last exposure, or I guess my last way with puzzle games, because I'm not huge on those mm. nowadays. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm just tw- a 23-year-old kid, so that's, like, not for me, I guess.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think I was definitely more well-rounded in my video games at that age. Nowadays, it's all puzzle games.
1: all right now uh let's get into the positives and negatives that we have about the movie um tyler we haven't heard from you much yet uh what what are some things that you liked about the movie first off
0: yeah man so in the very beginning i was very happy to be slapped in the face with a history lesson complete with the graphics that the pacing of it almost reminded me of the south park episode i had a chuckle with myself Mm. a little bit there but the fact that it, it made it seem like homie just innocently was just coding, making this cool little game without even a graphics card, and it blew up into all of that, almost ruined his life, and then got him a life in America. You gotta like how that turned out, especially in the end when he ended up moving to the States. I'm not gonna lie, I was prepared to be disappointed with where he ended up being in the end of the movie, but I was pleasantly surprised to find that happy ending. He definitely had some time for some American emotion, after all.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I I do agree with with the way the story played out. I'm I'm really glad with how it became a happy ending, pretty much for the main characters. Um, and I like how you brought up the visual elements to this story too, because that was like my main thing that I really liked about this was how the or the way they kept it interesting was using those visual effects. So like you know they had the level one graphics or they would a visual transition to like fly over from one country yeah. to another that was just uh, that was I very that. nice it it kind of um reminiscent of Lord and Miller films to me just of how they use visual elements to tell their stories uh, so that immediately got me a thumbs up on that department especially with how the visuals contrast with uh as the story plays out. For example, um, like I talked about, like they would uh have a visual element for uh one location, like the Nintendo headquarters, they would be it would be like all nice, a beautiful visual transition. And then you get to Russia and it's just like cheap graphics. So just kind of like kind of just reminiscent of what the country was like at the time. So I thought that was a nice touch that they added to the visual elements. David, what's one thing that you liked about the movie?
2: Um, I you know, you talked about the visuals already, you talked about the the kind of crazy story of it all. And so, you know, those are both things that I loved about it. I love the bromance between the two guys. Like they're just like a really fun group of buddies that like, you know, we talked about the the happy ending. Um it's just awesome how they like just had this this friendship. And, uh, you know, even though it was born out of this, like, very American capitalistic kind of a thing, you know, that, that guy Hank, his drive is like just so ridiculous to be uh, monetarily successful. But, you know, uh, Alexi got intoxicated by it and they became buddies and they became successful together. And it's just, it all is just such a fun little friendship story at the center of it.
0: Especially because Alexei started off just so cold to everybody, they really mm-hmm. started him down mm-hmm. there to give room for that character arc at the end.
1: Yes, yeah, kind of, absolutely. kind of like a, an effect of how the USSR was at the time. Everybody was just miserable and just so kept to themselves, pretty much. So, or just Granging. trying to keep by uh, with their lives. So um, he was just. I like the reflection of that through his character in the beginning when we first meet him. Um but I agree with you David. I I do really like the chemistry between the two characters. Um especially with how Hank is so persistent uh throughout the whole movie with him trying to get the rights and trying to, you know, have these conversations with people. But it's not it's not a bad thing where it gets annoying to a point. Uh he just has this passion because this is his livelihood pretty much like it's all or nothing he's put in everything just to make tetris a success so like you could see the care whenever he just speaks and it just gravitated toward alexis so which in real life they ended up forming the tetris company so it's nice to know that like in real life they has they also had a happy ending one thing i do like another thing that i did like was the editing i think tyler brought it up just a little just a brief second uh the editing was just really good here nothing was too long um and everything that happens in each scene there's at least something that keeps it interesting uh so that was just and i'm a big editor guy so it was just a nice pace throughout the whole thing i wasn't bored by any of it also I want to give props to Taron Egerton. Like I said, his performance was really good here, Um, especially not seen him in any movies really since Rocket Man, or maybe even a scene two maybe. But, like, we haven't really heard a lot from Taron Egerton since then. So it was nice to see him in another movie like this. And he really knocked it out of the park in my opinion
2: absolutely yeah and you know back to the editing another thing that uh, i liked about this movie uh, is the score uh from lauren belf who yes. Is yes. really just a fantastic fun score that like gets in a lot of those like video game elements to it especially that chase sequence you know and uh the that music really helps along with that fast-paced editing to make what could have been you know kind of a, a slow simple story turn into something that's like a little bit more exciting and fun.
1: No, yeah, I was, I completely got, yes, the soundtrack is so catchy and amazing. Like ever since that movie came out, I've been so obsessed with the, uh, the Japanese version of holding out for a hero that they use. Uh, I've been, I've been just on loop ever since I watched that movie. And I, I will stand by the fact that holding out for a hero is one of the best songs ever created in mankind. I will stand by that. It is you such a good a movie. Song. It's going to be a good movie. I think that song just works for anything. Like it, it just gets you hyped up, you know. Detention. Like you're 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 in for like an adrenaline rush, you know. Oh yeah, especially in Shrek Two, when they use that. <laughs> that was version. my favorite. That's exactly what I was thinking of. But yeah, yeah the soundtrack is really good here. Um, not only using established songs but also just their score by in itself was just um just really captivating um especially when they're at this um like political like club area and the final countdown plays in the background that was just another good choice of music because they um interloop with uh, the kgb going to his I believe uh, Rogers' company, where his family was at the time. So them cutting in between them when you actually think they were going to the club, it was just, oh, that was just great editing in itself. I would also say another thing uh, about this was we keep talking about the story, and the story is just really interesting, especially when this is based on a true story. And so everything about it, Especially that final act, like I said, about them getting the rights finally and this big chase with the KGB. It's just a big, fun climax where it's also suspenseful at the same time. Uh, yeah, the the story is very engaging in itself. Uh, anything yeah. else you guys want to share? Any other positives you want to give out?
0: Yeah, as far as... What was real and what was Hollywood to make it a movie? I'm gonna go on a whim and say that that car chase scene was not part of the IRL story. Mm. You're telling me a car didn't
1: become a retro car at one point?
0: <laughs> oh man, that was the best those graphics, too. And like oh, that yeah. almost baby driver style editing of a car it chase. It did seem like baby driver esque, yeah. Especially in the midst of, like, all the argumentative stuff.
1: Yeah, going back to that, like, I just love the fact that this movie doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, I just like how it's just not one of those boring biographical dramas about Tetris. I I like how they play into the fun factor throughout the whole movie. Just a little bit, just to keep the whole thing uh, engaging as it is. But any last minute things before we get to what we didn't like?
2: I love when, uh, when someone says about Hank, he's dumb, but he's honest. I
1: that oh, yeah, great. I think Why that was Alexei's wife when, uh, yeah. when, he's, when they're at the apartment. Yeah.
0: Oh, and how nobody trusts him. I don't trust you. I don't trust yeah, you. I don't, he <laughs> doesn't trust you.
1: I also like the part, the, the scene where they're in the, uh, the Soviet cabinet room, and the head uh, government officer just keeps running back and forth out of the room. And yeah. uh, Terran's character goes like, "Oh, okay, no, po- no worries. Just go ahead, just go ahead, just leave me here."
0: It's yeah, like that how was that
1: was funny. like a little running gag throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if that's all the positives that we have, let's get into some negatives, some little critiques about it. I'll start with some negatives. I don't have a too. I don't have too many here, but while I do think the story was engaging, I do feel like it could get complicated at times especially with all the legal stuff that they were throwing out all over the place. Like at one point, someone had the rights to it, but then they didn't. And then they did, but then they didn't. I mean, it was too legal stuff for me. But that was just one of my little critiques about it. Tyler, what about you? Any negatives that you want to give to this movie?
0: Yeah, that was really the only one, the one you were saying. Like, it took a little more of my brain capacity to kind of understand what was going on. I had to rewind a few areas. At some point, I had to put down the beer and read the subtitles (laughs) a little bit closer. Is that an age thing, or is that just how the movie is? Because I feel like it should be easy enough to understand with the business side. I think it was just following along that might have made it harder there's yeah. a lot of
2: information there's a lot of key players there and was a companies. lot of information yeah so i mean it's very fast-paced it reminded me a little of the big short in that way and that like there was a lot of information to give you so it kind of has to be
1: yeah yeah because at one point at the end robert maxwell ends up going to the soviet union and apparently he was like real good friends with gorbachev so he tried to get Gorbachev to you know give him the rights in that way, and Gorbachev just pretty much in the nicest way possible, tell him to fuck off because the Soviets dying, and I gotta you know maintain all this stuff, so figure it out for yourself uh but yeah, Gorbachev was a part of this at one point. I don't know how true that was, but just a lot of legal mumbo jumbo that my tiny little stupid brain couldn't comprehend. maybe that's just me, maybe that's just me not being so intellectual but this movie throws a lot of stuff at you and i don't think they expect you to take it all in but it's just a lot of words that are very legal term i guess
0: i think overall like even if you didn't understand the details in that moment, you understood where in the plot was like the main, oh, yeah. most important parts. Like that was easy enough to understand just reading between the lines. So at least there's that. Yeah. No. I, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, I agree.
1: Also, just one thing I just wanted to shout out, Will. Okay. This might be a nitpick, but um, I was kind of interested in the whole family dynamic subplot with Rogers and his family because he missed out on his daughter's performance recital because he was so involved or trying to get the rights to tetris that you know it was kind of screwing with his family life so i don't really feel like they spent a lot of time on that but that was just pretty much all the negatives i had about this um david do you have anything else anything negative you give this movie
2: Honestly, I had a lot of trouble finding negatives for this movie. It's like, it's <laughs> difficult because I just had such a fun time with it. But I, I do agree with you, though. You know, it's a bit of a information overload. And the thing you were just saying about the family aspect, you know, it, it's funny. This year, we, we've we gotten Air. We've gotten Blackberry. Uh, we've got Flamin' Hot coming out. We've got all these, like, weird, true stories. It is of true yeah it's so random and that is kind of a thing with all of them in that the families are always kind of second fiddle to like the the action of what's happening in the business and so i think that's just part of the kinds of people that you know make these kinds of business moves the families are in the back seat you know
0: it's a risk yeah kind of understandable but it pays off in the end at least in this case
1: yeah, yeah, I I still, I mean, they did a little bit to, like, at least justify the whole family thing, but, yeah, I wish I had a little bit more to kind of just, like, dive into what the relationship was like pre-movie, or I guess a little bit of background on what the family life was like then, because at one point, um, like, his wife brings up that, like, like they already had a life or stuff like that, so I just, I wanted to see a, I, a bit more, like, deterioration within the family dynamics from sure. that point. Um, but yeah, that, that's all the negatives I have about this movie. Like, like you said, David, I had a real fun time watching this movie and I really wasn't expecting it for that much, but any last minute takeaways you guys have?
2: Um, I don't think so. I, I, uh, we did a really fun episode of piecing it together on this one. Um, cause you know, obviously talking about the, uh, the influences and inspirations here and, you know, uh, we we talked a little bit about like Argo and uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world and uh, various other things that we thought might have been an influence on this. And I think it's just a, a really interesting movie to have this kind of true business story mixed with the video game flourishes. It really just makes for a, uh, you know, a fun, unique film.
1: I agree. I agree. All right. Well, then let's get into our ratings that we have for this movie. Tyler, why don't we start with you? What do you rate 2023's Tetris? I liked it a lot. I give it a Coruscant, bro. Coruscant? Wow. Five out of five. All right. Anything, anything, Anthony, any reason why?
0: I didn't have enough to dock it on. It was fun. It had just the right amount of seriousness mixed in with a playful and the video game aspect. The fact that they mix the business part with the video game. You know, you can mix movies, the business with any other thing and I'm surprised you didn't see a lot of video game stuff yet. You know everybody likes video games, so I think the concept worked really well and the execution was spot on.
1: Um as far as money, I would I would give it a best spin a four out of five. Yeah, like you said, um it just has the right amount of seriousness, mixed in with just the right amount of silliness to this. It's just a fun, fast paced story about tetra box uh the editing's really good yeah just this is just one of those fun flicks that you know really keeps you engaged throughout everyone did a good job all the actors everyone in you know behind the scenes i feel like they great all around from everybody let's put it like that um and david what do you give this movie
2: so whenever I do you guys' show, I always have to uh, get a refresher on
1: how these uh rating system works. But what what would a four point five be? It would be a Best Spin on the Way to Coruscant.
2: There we go. A Best bin on the way to Coruscant. That's where I land at. Um yeah, this is it's one of my favorite movies this year. And uh I, I don't usually uh give five stars on a first watch, so I it could end up there if I revisit it and still like it just as much. But, I yeah, I really love this, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see it end up in my year-end top 10. That's how much I liked it.
1: No, yeah, I agree. I definitely, so far, at least half the year, this is going to be up there, either one or two for me. This was just a fun time. Props to Apple TV for actually having something good on their streaming service.
0: Sure, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, if that's all we have, um, David, where can our audience follow you on social media?
2: Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, people can find me at Piecing Pod on all the social medias uh, and my Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, that ties in with the podcast. And uh, also check out my music, by DavidRosen.com. I've got this comedy album coming out all about my dogs and cats called The Pup Pups, which I've been working on for years and I'm excited to finally put it out. And then I'll get back to more serious music after that.
1: It's nice, nice. Tyler, I know you don't really have a, a social media presence on there, but is there anywhere where audiences can look you up?
0: Yeah, it's because I dedicated my soul to Galaxy of Film, bro. That's you right. want to hear from me, you got to listen to my stuff on Galaxy of Film.
1: That's right, exactly. So you can
0: find me. Be sure to follow
1: Galaxy of Film on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, Galaxy of Film Productions. We have a a bunch load of videos you can check out. We have Danilo's Catalina's Curse short film that he put a lot of effort in, so be sure to check that one out. Uh, We have Max's uh, Like a Surgeon short film that he put out. We also have uh, Dakari's Shaw Brothers video essay, basically a deep dive into uh, Japanese martial arts films. Uh, back in the days, so that was a that's a real fun watch. Be sure to check that one out. Check us out on all social media platforms and all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. you can listen to those on those. Thank you for listening to this episode with us and have a great rest of your day peace out.